The thing about stable coins is that they're designed to be stable. When all else fails in your crypto market, $1 should equal $1. That is, until it doesn't. Like if your Do Quan and your UST collapses by pegging your currency to an over-leveraged crypto, or until the SEC gets involved and brings instability into the space. Crypto staking is also in the sights of the government as rumors circle about circles USDC. Is Coinbase ready for a battle? And Senator Cruz may be onto something as he proposes vending machines in the Capitol building that take crypto for payment. We like snacks and we like you. So thanks for joining us for our Stablecoin Crackdown, episode number 668 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five, four, three, two, Don't you back down. Because it's a smackdown. But put your crack down. We're not doing crack. Don't be smoking crack around. It's a crack down. It's not a crack (laughs) down there. It's a touchdown. It's not in your crack down there. Hey, welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast, the show for the crypto curious and the crypto serious. And how about those Chiefs? Yes, and notice the, the colors of the Bad Crypto Podcast are black and red and white, which is pretty convenient whenever we win Super Bowls. Well, there's no... no yet. We're not winning Super Bowls. However, uh, I, I took my son to the Super Bowl, and it was yeah. awesome. It was a pretty good time, and uh, that happened. And now let's talk about some crypto things that are happening. What, you, are you worried that we're going to offend Eagles fans now? Is that the problem? No, not really. I, I think most people probably tune into the show to not hear about sports ball. Yay, I sports! Ooh, I like sports ball. <laughs> I want to say this. I, you know, I watch because you're a fan and because uh, Aaron's a fan. You know, and we went to a party to watch, and she was all decked out and the stuff with the little face tattoos, cheeks, <laughs> and yelling, and and uh, it was a good time. But I, I did kind of watch um, on the periphery the commercials, and I got to say, I have never seen so many celebrities i'm thinking like a five to ten x the number of celebrities and commercials than i've ever seen mm. in a super bowl they were it was just one after another and it wasn't just a celebrity and commercials like they would stack them so you'd see four or five you know in one brand I'm like companies spent a lot of money yeah i did I haven't watched a lot of the super bowl commercials i haven't i didn't see the i didn't see this actually i haven't even seen the full televised version of the super bowl yet but what, one thing that struck me as kind of funny was 113 million people watched it live, apparently. And then they said like 190 million people, 194 million people total watched it, including streaming or whatever, which is pretty high. And then Mr. Beast was like, what? He goes, we were going to do this Super Bowl ad, but then it was $7 million. And he was like, if you want to reach 100 million plus people, just let me know. Because he's got like 140 million subscribers or something. <laughs> right. Imagine, like, like seriously. And think about the amount of people who watch most. Like, you see the amount of likes and engagement yeah. and views on his. Like, dude, the, the age of the content creator and getting huge sponsorship dollars. One thing was really cool was the podcast. It is cool. is the podcast with Jason Kelsey of the Eagles and Travis Kelsey of the uh-huh. Chiefs. They're brothers. They have a show called New Heights. 
And dude, they're the they were the top five sports podcasts in all of the land. Now they're in the top five of all podcasts across the world. Yeah, have right? they done a post um, game show? No, they did. It's really good. I just watched. I watched it today. But what was interesting to me is the amount of sponsors, the dollars that's coming in there. Like I saw Visa, and Fireball, Whiskey, and a bunch mm. of other like really good. You know, if they're the top five podcasts in the world, which Bad Crypto is not, um, the, like they're making big dollars on sponsorship. We're also not the bottom five, so it's true. I mean, it could sure. always be worse. <laughs> All right. And speaking of dollars, let's go ahead and talk stable coins in the news. Time stamp. It is February the 16th, 2023, 2.13 p.m. Atlantic Standard Time. The crypto market cap, $1.177 trillion. Bitcoin um, has hit over 25000 currently at 24921 Ethereum back over 1700 1718 BNB, 321 XRP, $0.40. Cents. Cardano, $0.41. Cents. Polygon, a buck forty-five, And Dogecoin flirting with a dime again at nine cents mm. and there's been some big winners again popping up on this thing floki which we thought always oh, shit coin kind of thing well floki is up 103 percent in the last week which is a lot when you're talking about a coin worth 0. 0.00006 now mm -hmm. which is crazy to kind of see that uh bit get token i don't even know what the bgb is that's like nearly 50 cents that's up 100 percent Another one, Mina Protocol. Remember, we talked about this. We had uh -huh. a guy on talking about Mina Protocol a few weeks last, ago. Last week, again, up thirty-seven percent. I just want to say, like, if you look at this thing and you see like what Mina Protocol did, which you know, I don't have a big investment in them. I, we're not financial advisors. Clearly, we don't tell you what to do or what to how to look at your money. But if you think about it, dude, it was at like forty cents whenever we talked about it, and now yeah. it's at a dollar thirteen. So it's yeah. like. Just pay attention. Would you check it out with your own heart and go, is this a valuable? Is this interesting? Is people going to want zero knowledge proof type of stuff, right? Zero proof knowledge. Is this interesting? Take a look at it. We bring you good stuff. We don't tell you what to buy, but we give you enough information to go look for yourself. I, I didn't buy any. I didn't mm. buy any, Mina. Did you? Mm. I don't know what you mean. Uh, I didn't get any. Uh, you know, but in that same um, uh, uh, trend, I'm watching AI-based tokens, mm. uh, which is why I remain bullish on altered state machine, not financial advice. Uh, mm. We're both early investors in it. And I think that once they roll out these uh, brains that that are NFTs that are going to power these games and these characters in these games, I think people might start paying attention. But then again, it could go to zero, just like anything else in crypto. Uh, you know, never know. You Got to be smart. Never invest more than you can afford to lose. There's this Twitter account called Coinfessions. Mm -hmm. And if you don't follow it, it's a very sobering account because people go to Coinfessions and they submit these anonymous. The worst shit. The, the worst. saddest stories you've ever That's heard. Sad. In fact, let me go ahead. I'm just going to pull it up right now and pull up. Let's just see the latest sad stuff. Here it is. At Coinfessions is the uh the official account and they post some of what came in um i left a web3 startup a year ago where i had staken as the first engineering hire the stake is now worth 500k and will probably rise to 5 million soon i get nothing i will forever <laughs> regret leaving mm, uh -oh. whoops whoops and then i like you read the ones where like people are like oh you know, my dad gave me X amount of dollars to invest in him and I've lost it all. Or I like, 
I've took all my fa- uh, took all of my savings and invested it, and my wife doesn't know yet, or like the wife did all the investing and the husband doesn't know. Yet. It's just like sad shit happens on there. Yeah, it does. So uh, so beware and uh, be wise with your money. So the news: El Salvador, which of course was the first nation state to say uh, that they would accept Bitcoin as a legal currency, both for buying and selling of goods. So not just their El Salvadorian currency, Mm -hmm. but uh, also Bitcoin. Now they're opening a Bitcoin embassy in Texas. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, and the reason is, is El Salvador and the state of Texas, they had a commercial exchange of almost $1.3 billion dollars when you're looking at that and so how much of that is remittance fees how much of that is immigrants coming into texas and then trying to send money back to their families that's still in el salvador and they're doing it with crypto so imagine that because if you're using crypto uh, in a lot of cases you're not going to have nearly amount of fees like if you try to send a hundred dollars to somebody and they they're going to take i don't even know 20 30 of the fees sometimes with western union or whoever but with crypto I mean, sometimes you can you can send somebody a bunch of Bitcoin worth hundreds and thousands or not millions of dollars and your fees being just a couple of dollars in some cases, mm-hmm. sometimes pennies. And so the fact that these countries, uh, El Salvador and Texas, Texas is not a country, but that's debatable. They are kind of its own little world. It might be again one day. Who knows? It might be again someday. But that's just another milestone in the adoption of Bitcoin, which I think is interesting. Yep. So they have a, a Swiss embassy already, and now they're looking at having one in uh, in Texas. So the uh, the lead story for this week is all about what's happening in the stable coin space. And now there's rumors that are out there. I saw a tweet first saying it was fact, and then they're like, "Well, slow down, slow down." It's not necessarily fact, but after what uh, what the government has done with uh, BUSD, what I guess you know, Bitcoin, um, uh, Binance is participating in somehow. What depegging from? I don't know. I don't understand it all yet. All I know is that the SEC is saying that they will soon issue an enforcement notice to Circle over the USDC coin. This they've already sent one to Paxos, and um, Gary Gensler is saying that stable coins could be defined as securities. Dude, it's one of those things where because what what I read about this was that Circle was using some of the funds that came in and were investing in U.S. Treasury bonds, right? Which would seem to make that stable coin more stable than most because it's tied in theory in the eyes of the government. They're tying it to the government dollar, right? They're tying it to the U.S. dollar if they're investing in T-bills and whatever, but they're saying since you're investing in T-bills, which is a security, that makes you a security, so you can't do anything. Now, in our mind, my mind personally, I've always thought USDC was the more stable coin of the stable coins compared to USDT, which was Tether, which we had a dude on about Tether about a month or so ago talking about it, maybe six weeks ago. And and then so it would seem that USDC, which works with you know, circle and with Coinbase, right? It's a great way to on Coinbase. If I want to convert and send money to my bank account, convert it to USDC, send it to Coinbase. They give you no fees. And then you can send it to your bank account with no fees. They don't take that percentage like they usually do. And so it was, seems like a good system. But if they're going to say that, hey, this is a security, how is it a security? Because you don't make money on on USDC. I'm not making money. Like I, I, it's not an investment for me. It's like just kind of a store of wealth. 
fees that won't hurt your fee fees. My fee fees are really hurt right now. Yeah. So, and of course, it's not just about this. Uh, you know, what happened basically is that, um, uh, what is it? Um, Paxos has mm. burned um, $700 million in BUSD because the the government is saying, hey, this this could be a security. And mm-hmm. so um, it's it's not looking good. Right. But meanwhile, you can you know, it's still pegged to a dollar. Like I was thinking, it's- wouldn't this screw up uh, BUSD as far as being mm-hmm. a stable coin? It's not. It's it's yeah. bucks, bucks a buck. Well, here's some of the things that to keep in mind. So there's they said there's a lot of uh, there's a tweet by Jason Yanowitz and um, yeah, the, the, his address is in the, the show notes. But, you know, um, uh, BNY Mellon is their custodian for, for USDC. BlackRock manages the reserves. Visa settles transactions in USDC. It's 100% backed by cash and treasury T-bills. It's audited by Deloitte with annual audits filed with the SEC. Some people are thinking this FUD is overblown. Now, it seems to me that it's definitely interesting if this has been sort of their goal all along is to, you know, find a way to convert USDC into a central bank digital currency to convert it or to destroy the stablecoin markets in some way, right? I don't know what their their end game is, but when you have Gary Gensler, who's at the SEC, who was working with Sam Bankman-Fried and that whole thing to come up with regulation, what is their angle? We don't know yet. We're still de- deciding it. And if you guys find out or see any information on that, make sure to email us or text us or whatever at, you know, send us a bad crypto podcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you you're finding because we're all trying to figure out what this means right now. See something, say something mm-hmm. or email something. Mm-hmm. So uh, Paxos is going to stop issuing BUSD. And uh, now they're not the only ones that are, are issuing BUSD, which is why it can still trade and it's not completely collapsed. But I don't know that I would feel comfortable having any of my stable coins and something that could be so unstable. All right. And it just gets created and it's made unstable by the powers that be. You know, it's, it's like when they start sniffing on something, you know, here's, here's one of the things that I've, that I've kind of noticed when it comes to when the government does something and when the media and government doesn't do something, it's like, you know, for example, you know how we heard all about the balloons that were traveling over America, heard all about them, uh, heard all about these unidentified flying objects that were shot out of the sky. Didn't hear anything about the big train wreck that happened in Ohio with all of these massive chemicals spill, one of the worst chemical spills in the history. And then they set it on fire, which is going to create all this other bad problems for the environment that's and then when you see all the companies that are there in Ohio that use that water like Budweiser and Nestle water and all this like it's not good and they're not talking about it at all nothing at to see here all nothing and to me like where's the where's all of the uh, protesters at where's the environmental protection people at they're not they're nowhere look so at that, the balloon look at the yeah. balloon look something's weird Something's weird. They tell you what you want to know, not what you need to know. You know so how you yeah. when you play with a cat, you know, you got the little the, the little fish on a stick, the little mm-hmm. toy, and you're like, here, come get it. Or you play with the laser pointer. Go get yeah, it. Yeah, That's how they it. treat That's people. And, and and we, some to a larger degree than others, go, ooh, look at that. Ooh. Look at it. It's shiny. Ooh, go- we the poople. 
We're going to go track that down. So what is the SEC's role in crypto regulation? And so uh, there have been hearings. There's a big debate that's taking place over this. And the Senate Banking Committee had a, a hearing called the Crypto Crash, Why Financial System Safeguards Are Needed for digital assets, and um, they continue to call Gary Gensler to testify, saying, you know, how come so much was allowed to go on? Why hasn't there been any real guidance to avoid the type of catastrophic, you know, incidents that have been taking place? And uh, I'm, I wonder what his answer is going to be. It, it, it's interesting, but it's not the fact that crypto is corrupt. It's people are corrupt. And so anytime yeah. someone who is doing something bad for people who are trusting them, right? Like Sam Bankman fraud, when that guy got busted, he immediately got bail. And then he got, he got bail from like the former Dean of the former Dean of Stanford law and this other dude, like, and they didn't come anywhere near $250 million. So it's almost like, Wow, if they were if they were set on you know going after people who are bad actors in the space, Sam Bankman Fraud would be getting all kinds of heat. Instead, he gets released like three or four days before Christmas on a first class flight. He goes back home. He's on the computer. He's still tweeting, right? Like seriously, like this guy should be behind bars. It, it, and it's it's almost like they want to do damage to the people who are trying to help build it and, and are investing in it and looking at it as their future. Whereas the people who are actually doing the bad shit, they're not really hurting them so much. It's weird. So the other issue that we're dealing with regulatory-wise right now is staking. And mm -hmm. uh, Kraken has said, all right, we're going to pay $30 million. And if you're a U.S. Uh, customer, you can no longer stake on our platform. Mm. Why? Because they're saying that the you're deriving profits from the result of their staking product, and that could be a security. Mm. So um, that's that happened with Kraken, yeah. and now Coinbase. Uh, Brian Armstrong is saying that there's rumors out there that you know the SEC may ban crypto staking completely right. for retail customers for American citizens, right. right? And so that just goes to show that more and more of this financial innovation is leaving America, going to other countries. Why we slowly dive into this authoritarian thing where they can tell us what we can do with our money and what we can't do with our money. But by all means, go down to the casino and put all your money on red or yeah. going down there and put all your money when you go buy your case of cigarettes to go buy some lottery tickets, put all your money on that. But when it comes to this kind of stuff, it's almost like how do we stop people from growing the middle class? How do we people how do we stop people from finding success? We want to kind of keep everyone down so that way they can come in and be the savior. Right. right, so they can provide you with your universal basic income, mm -hmm. and the people out there that don't know any better will be like, "Oh, yay, free money from the government!" It, there's yeah, no, yeah. it's not free. You That's... get to become a slave yeah. because they will then monitor everything you buy, everything you sell, and they will tell you you need to spend this and consume each month in order to, in order to put money into the economy. And by the way, you can't spend it on this, and you can't spend it on that. But uh, and if you don't, it will expire. Yeah. Your, your social credit score gets yeah. impacted. Oh, wait a second. You just said something on your podcast with Joel Calm, Travis, and we didn't like what you said. And so we're going to dock you, you know, two hundred and fifty dollars of your universal basic income for this right. month. You're, you're getting really low to owing us. Yeah. So shut your face. Right. And so, I mean, they think they shut off Kanye West bank account. You think they're not going to shut your bank account off? They will. So. 
you know, remain a U.S. citizen at your own peril at this point is where everything's pointing at in my mind. So, you know, we talked a little bit about the congressional hearing on crypto and um, this uh, one senator, Sherrod Brown, Democrat from Ohio, says, if you watch the Super Bowl two nights ago, you didn't see a single ad for crypto. That is not correct. There was I mean, if you count NFTs Mm -hmm. as crypto, um, there was a a blockchain digital asset ad. So uh, so he's wrong about that. But then you've got these people like Senator Warren, who I'm sure knows so much uh, she knows as much about crypto as she knows about Native Americans. Yeah, yeah. Um, did she get some cash money from Sam Bankman Fraud? Because I'm yeah, pretty she, sure that she did. I'm pretty sure she did. She's one ten twenty fourth Native American. Uh, yeah. She she said big time financial criminals love crypto. No, mm-hmm. big time financial criminals love any means of financial instruments, including dirty fiat. There's a reason yeah. it's dirty. And mm-hmm. they use cash on pallets all the time to not be tracked in cash uh, on pallets and digital bits that they just send over, right? I mean, a lot of times, what they say, 90 some odd percent of paper money is not even paper, it's digital bits on a screen that they just say, Oh, we're transferring this to this, and now you have that. So, you know, who uses more, what, $20 billion last year in illicit transactions? Well, how much was that in dollars? Which is another reason why they want to get rid of dollars in those fiat currencies to turn it into a CBDC so they can track everything that you do, everything that you own, and then shut you down whenever they decide because it's not going to be decentralized and it's not going to be encrypted. It's going to be uh, just shut down whenever they decide. So keep an eye on that. Be careful and be diligent about that because the more they regulate this stuff and they they say, oh, anti-money laundering. Well, how about you look into the money laundering that you did with FTX through Ukraine and back into your foundations, into your into your campaign you know, contributions. Look at that. How about you look at maybe, you know, senators and Congress people out there knowing what's going to happen and then investing in the stock market or having oh, their spouses invest in the stock market, earning happen. millions of dollars. Oh. And then how is that? How's that? No, that how's that? That not doesn't, bad? that doesn't happen. That never happens. Right. You're right. You're right. Only, only all the time. You conspiracy realist. Well, you know, here's, here's one uh, good piece of news out of Capitol Hill. Ted Cruz thinks that, Hey, here's a great way to teach the, uh, the senators and Congress men and women about crypto. Let's put in vending machines there on Capitol Hill that they would use crypto to buy their snacks. So you want some Lay's potato chips or you want some Oreos, you got to use your uh, your Bitcoin wallet. Mm-hmm. I, I love the idea. Let's get some uh, vending machines in there and let these people see how crypto actually works because right. so many of them are so out of touch. Right. So imagine that, seeing uh, politicians and lawmakers out there buying their snackums with some crypto-supported vending machines. That's what they need. They still think that Facebook is the internet. So probably some of them still think that the AOL is is the internet. It's probably not. It's it's not that, but that's what it is. And, uh, you know, there's another another article here on BlockWorks that says central bank think tanks warn against repressive crypto regulation. So the more that they think they're going to regulate, and this is a really, it's sort of those, it's like you're walking the tightrope. You know what I mean? It's like you mess up, you're going to fall. Everyone's going to fall. The country's going to fall. And, and more and more uh, power is going to go to some of these other countries that are a little more open with how they're going to regulate this. If they take away the power of the U.S. Uh, investors to be able to invest in crypto, it could get bad. And so that's what they're warning is they say, do not choke the industry and suppress these revolutionary ideas. Why? Because Silicon Valley of the future will not be in America, if that's the case. 
So uh, Patricia Haas Cleveland is the U.S. president of the official Monetary and Financial Institutions Forum, otherwise known as UMFIF. And she oh, said something that we've been saying on the show for five and a half years now. The real story, in, and not about FTX in particular, it's about crypto and blockchain. The real story in the wake of FTX is less about cryptocurrencies than advances in the underlying blockchain and other technologies. These are quietly creating transformational tools and applications that will help propel Web3 and reshape the financial industry the, quietly. Some of them, I mean, if you're paying attention, it's not quiet at all. If you're following the crypto and blockchain news regularly, you see everything is moving forward against the beast that is the government that is attempting to regulate, overregulate, misregulate, control the industry. But the industry is moving forward daily, regardless of the price, whether Bitcoin is $69,000 or $12,000, doesn't matter. Everything is moving forward and it is going to transform and reshape the financial industry and you can't stop it. Yeah. Let me, and let me share something with you on that note. I'm going to move an article up that wasn't even there before. Yeah. And, and actually what it is, is we're talking about the innovation of this. And so Jimmy Song, two-time guest of Bad Crypto and hater of NFTs came on and he said the first year of the year of first contact, 1985 computer, 1994 internet. 2011 Bitcoin, 2023 Nostr, N O S T R, which is like the beginning of Nostradamus, which is uh, which Joel and I, I call myself Nostradamus. Nostradamus. Yeah, it's good. So, what is Nostr? Nostr.com, N O S T R.com, is a simple open protocol that enables global, decentralized, and censorship resistant social media. They're talking, people who are talking about Nostr, and when you got a Bitcoin maximalist like Jimmy talking about it, Pretty interesting. So there, there's a whole bunch of information about this. Uh, they're using public key cryptography, and uh, it's easy to identify, verify messages. However, it's you cannot censor it. There is no overlords who can shut down stuff. So I would say keep an eye on this. Social media really has a lot of flaws when it comes to all the gatekeepers. They're broken. They, they use our attention to sell ads, and they have all this other stuff to keep us addicted and keep our you know, it's, it's just dopamine rolling, right? And so, have you signed up for this yet? Have you done this yet? I've checked. I've checked into it. Yeah, I've I've, I've looked into it. I have it not gotten my account. Like it was a little more complicated, so I haven't done it yet. But um, it's not I've, easy yet. But I mean, something like this is needed. It might not be Noster. Jimmy Song seems to think that it is. He also says this: roses are red, violets are blue, fiat is fraud, and altcoins are too. <laughs> uh, well, I, I think we should uh, like let's find a Noster uh, specific pro, someone who really understands us, and let's have him on the show and talk about this. I think you and I should get signed up for it. Let's test mm -hmm. it and see if it really is all that. Because I do see other people uh, referencing it and talking about it. I yeah. just have not gotten. And to they're it. like, follow me at LGR two nine four three HG nine four like G right. slash. Oh, come on, that's a <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, it, se it seems complicated, and, yeah. and I don't like complicated. Uh, final story for this week. You mentioned earlier about Sam Bankman fraud, and the two people, or at least two people, who co-signed his $250 million, $250 million bail package have been released. Uh, one and of it them turned into about $250. Yeah. Really? One of them <laughs> is a Stanford research scientist, Andreas Pepke. Pepke, and the other one is a former dean of Stanford Law, Larry mm -hmm. Kramer. Now, I don't know 
what that means that these two mm-hmm. have been involved with it. But, you know, we have a name here. We do know from this article and this pop-up that um, both of Sam's parents teach at Stanford. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this this uh, Zero Hedge article has a really interesting question. It says, how in the F did these Stanford faculty members get so rich as to guarantee the size of a bail of 250 million dollars well it turns out they didn't they basically signed on uh, sureties for separate bonds of 500k and 200k so much for the 250 million dollars when they basically spent seven hundred thousand dollars and the mortgage on their uh, sam bankman fraud's parents house which was worth four million dollars and so it seems to me the dude should still be in jail but he's got some big people protecting him somehow indeed and if oh if we only knew the real truth uh we try to uncover some of it here we love talking about blockchain and crypto we are more than five and a half years mm. into this show now and uh trav why don't you oh talk dude to- oh man so we are actually five years and seven months right now oh, today that's when we that, had the idea five years seven months ago today uh. you just debuted a new show with our friend chris snook while you were in new york city why don't you talk about that for a moment let people know where they can watch it for sure yeah we've launched a new thing called the web3 show and fintech.tv uh, apparently they got a pretty big reach in southeast asia I'm of the belief that Southeast Asia is going to be a very, very huge market moving forward as Western civilization slowly tries to regulate crypto and and, and it's just going to move. And so uh, preemptively, I'm looking at that. And, you know, there's a lot of other stuff that's great around crypto, digital asset. We're starting to do bad crypto, of course, once a week, twice a week, depending on crypto goes up, crypto goes down and um, how much we want to knock out on that. We love doing the show. Joel and I have a lot of fun. Uh, but Joel's mostly retired now. He's chilling. He's that's not true. Like a villain. <laughs> cool. That's not true. That's not true. But uh, uh, so thank you for retired. that. Yeah, we are. We went to the New York Stock Exchange and uh, Web3Show.io is that. And uh, if you want to see the premier one, I'd made a bit.ly. bit.ly slash Web3 Premier. We'll show you that first video. And I was really impressed with how the video production was on that thing. That's really good. Looks nice. We got some professional people doing shit over there. Alrighty. Thanks everybody for watching and or listening. We would appreciate if you went over to iTunes, looked us up and gave us a five-star review. We've got a couple haters over there. Those hate haters going to hate. And uh, what we'd love is some of you supporters to go and say, Hey, haters, you suck. Mm. You yeah. Suck. Like, what's up with that? Like, I, you know what I find is that most people, it's like, if you're going to leave a review for something, you only do it when you're mad. It's like if something was great, like you don't usually do it. You're like, all right. But if something angers you, you're like, oh, man, I'm going to do it. So hopefully uh, you don't just let the angry people leave uh, messages that you go in there and leave some reviews also. You're happy. There you go. We'll catch you on the next episode. Until then, please do the thing, which is to stay back.
Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoins and and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor.